Hi everyone. Welcome to the Future Leaders Mentoring Podcast. This week we're talking about mental health. Today I'm joined by Wendy Gannon, Mia Weston and Barry O'Brien. Hi everyone. Hi. Hi. Cool. Um, so today we're talking about Hi. mental yeah. health um, and as yeah. it happens it's in mental health week as well. So perfect time then. Um, so Mia, first question to you then. So when we talk about mental health, I wonder why we can't talk about it in the same way as we think about physical health. Um, so if I have a cold or, for instance, if my fitness is suffering because I haven't gone to the gym as often, I, I'll, I'll talk about that quite openly. But I don't do the same with my mental health. So if I'm going through a period of, of higher anxiety or, or lower mental health, it's not something I talk about as much. Why, why do you think that is for, for everybody? I think it's associated with stigma. Um, you know, there's a lot of stigma around uh, men talking openly about sort of their emotions and their feelings, which are typically associated with mental health. Um, and along with that, it's the same with women. You know, we often get told that, oh, you're just PMSing, you know. Oh, I bet, I bet she's on, um, you know, whenever anything like this is brought up. So it's difficult to sometimes have those conversations because there is so much stigma around it. And it's only recently, it's not become, it's less of a taboo to say, oh, you know what, I'm just not having a great day, like mentally, I'm not doing all right. But even that is very rare. You know, sometimes you'll just pe see people just shy away and not be communicative, or they'll not be them using yourself. And yeah, I think, I, I genuinely think it's all based around the stigma of it all. Mm. And, and I suppose whenever I'm asked, how are you today? It's it's the usual, yeah, I'm fine, I'm okay. Yeah, all good, how are you? Yeah, great. Exactly. And then you go back to your cave and hide. Yes, all, all yeah. my cake, rather than <laughs> Yeah. That's me. <laughs> yes, same. Yes. And, and, um, and what's um, what's your thoughts on this then, Barry? How do you how do you feel about are you are you in the same boat as me, or or do you, are you a bit more open about it? Um, I'm probably uh, a lot more open, to be honest, Ian, in terms of, of uh, expressing, you know, mental health. Sometimes you, you don't. You, you can talk around the problem, though, rather than always being direct. And I can find myself doing that quite frequently. So, um, you know, open, but 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 sometimes I, I leave clues rather than, you know, a, 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 a really explicit around, you know, anything to do with mental health. So I keep people guessing, really, sometimes. <laughs> OK. Um, and, and Wendy, listening to everybody's thoughts on this, have you got anything extra to add? Yeah, so I mean, I hid my um, bad mental health for I, I've had it for my entire life um, and I hid it and hid it. And when people started to talk about their mental health, I didn't want to because I thought people would think I was jumping on the bandwagon. And, you know, so I hid it until, well, the last three, five years, really. Um, and you're quite right when people when when you ask somebody if they're fine, how are you? They're fine. So whenever I speak to anybody now, I ask them twice. It's like, no, actually, how are you? And not only is it a good icebreaker, <laughs> but it's, you know, I genuinely care. Now I'm in a really good place. Let's help as many people as possible. Um, and, and like, actually, how are you? Like, I love been, that. It's been an awful year, 
how's it been? How's life treating you? Mm. And, you know, it's, it's re- really does help. It really does help. Yeah. And I, I find that that catches people by surprise sometimes as well when you when when somebody asks you that because you kind of go oh right um they there's the, a little nervous giggle actually mm. uh, oh okay and then uh, do you know what nine times out of ten they open up and it's really interesting and then you know it's building relationships and letting people know that it's okay to talk about these things oh because then i'll say you know i've had the worst year <laughs> right now they're the worst year <laughs> and you know let's just have a conversation about it and not make it a big deal yeah yes yeah. so so we so we've we've all i mean we've all worked in you know places that are really good at, at handling support for mental health and we've all worked in places that are a bit more challenging um you know barry from your perspective you know you've worked in the energy industry for a long time in other industries as well you know what what are the what are the good places and, and why were they good Oh, looks like Barry's frozen so, there. Um, I, I think in terms of, I think in terms of the good places. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're cool, man. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of the good places, is I think, the energy actually, I found a really, really good place. Um, in terms of and in terms of mental health, it came from the top. So I think you've had somebody, you know, like Marek, uh, uh, I think if I can mention his name, he's quite a big, robust, successful individual being very, very open about their mental health. And I think once you get that right from the top, then it sort of does sort of seep through to the whole fabric um, of the organisation because there's that authenticity about it and everybody feels a lot more comfortable talking about mental health because one of the problems with with mental health and why we don't speak about it so much is is quite often it can be seen as a barrier to success moving forward so if you do see people who have been successful talking so openly it doesn't half empower everybody else to talk about it and one thing I noticed that so Bristol Energy, it had everything in terms of mental first aiders, you know, employee assistance programs. But, you know, the big thing for me was was that authenticity in terms of the, the senior leadership team. They they all cared. It was it was genuine. And, and the what Marek gave was that green card for everybody to be authentic. And, you know, was that 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 sort of beacon that actually you can talk about your mental health openly and it won't affect your chances of success in the in the future and I think for me that really really stands out um you know uh, I've, I've really worked at British Gas and British Gas was a great place to work but I think in terms of the key differential was was that openness from the leadership for me yeah and kind of taking those what can be seen as tick box exercises of sort of mental health first aiders and and, and mm. turning it into a, a real as you say authentic experience then yeah 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 very much very much and, and, and Mia um I know the the the, the consult energy they're, they're brilliant at all of this stuff what, what what's what's your experience um yeah it's uh, it's been fantastic um where I previously worked it was good you know it, 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 I felt supported etc but um 
where consult differ is it's embedded into our values. One of our values is we've got your back. And that's all the way through um, every process and every person. So I can turn around and to, to one of my directors and say, I'm having a really crappy day and they're there for you. Um, we have a very, we have mental health first aiders. We open, we openly talk about everything. And it's very much like family vibes where you can actually openly talk to people, which has been really useful. Um, but it's a matter of using your practices in a way that is actually beneficial to your employees. Um, I recently started therapy and what that means is on a Monday, uh, I need to be excused for about two hours or so. Um, so I can not only have my therapy, but also recoup afterwards. Yeah. And I also have the flexibility of saying, sorry, I can't, I can't continue to work today because therapy was really difficult for me. Mm. And, you know, and there's so much flexibility there from recouping the hours to just, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We, okay. what, what can we do? Uh, and, and that's always one of the first things that I uh, am greeted with, like, okay, what can we do? How can we help? And not a lot of companies have that. We're growing to that, you know, uh, uh, as a wider sort of society, we are getting there slowly but surely. But uh, Consult is one of the best places that I've seen so far um, that handles it in the way that we do. Uh, from I'm not a mental health first aider, but I very openly talk about my mental health. I'll come back from a therapy session and be like, it was a bad session. I have chocolate. <laughs> Who wants chocolate? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's great that you feel comfortable enough to open up about it mm -hmm. um and that and that everybody within that environment is 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 happy to support you um you know from 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 the top and the bottom i suppose yeah brilliant it's really good um i've not heard of any workplace doing it so well um i actually haven't ever worked somewhere that it's been supported which is really sad wow mm -hmm. i think, I think <sighs> I worked in retail for a lot of for my younger years and I worked in the charity sector and it wasn't talked about then and then when I went into recruitment nobody talks about it in recruitment um the first place I worked you know you you could not say that you had anything with your mental health or you wouldn't have got employed you know you can't have anxiety you could not have a down day there's absolutely no way if you weren't cheery smiling you'd get told off you know um because we're a customer facing team and i get that but you have off days i certainly was having all of the off days then um and then the last place i worked it was so small uh, it was really boutique and again nothing but recently I've, well, in the last year or so, Rhonda D'Ambrosio, I don't know if you've heard about the mental health and recruitment um, uh, drive that we're doing. I'm a champion of it. Um, it's so good. So they've, they've written a pledge. We've written a pledge uh, and we're offering it to all recruitment companies. And there's a roadmap that they can go down to support mental health of, of those in recruitment because it's such a stressful role um it's you know it's long hours there's lots of burnout and nobody really um nobody really cares um so as a new company myself working in recruitment I've signed up to it and I'm very interested to hear how other companies deal with mental health um so that I when I grow I can I can embed that and I love that that value of we've got your back that's really good
I'm good. Yeah, I'm and, we're, and we're a recruitment <laughs> business. We're specialist yeah. recruiters within the energy space. And, you know, we know the importance because, you know, my directors have been recruiters majority of their lives and they understand the pressures that are put on people within recruitment so uh, yeah I love the mental health and recruitment sort of pledge it's uh, I've been it's I've so been good. seeing it I've been looking into it it's amazing yeah brilliant work so, sorry <laughs> clap myself it's, it's a nice sort of simple value but it's obviously being lived by everybody isn't it so you can exactly simple, you, you can really appreciate what it means um, and when everybody's behaving that way, you know, what a, what a, what a wonderful place to work. Exactly. And, and mm. you know, I yeah, like... you... go on, Barry. No, no, no. It's just, you very, rarely hear about, you know, values and how they relate to mental health or making values relate to mental health. You always hear about things about being brave and everything like that, but not the real care, you know, the care and then how that runs through to what we do and how we act within the workplace. And it's that that sort of infrastructure and fabric within the business, right from, you know, your strategy. You never hear about a strategy. You hear about strategy for this and that, but you don't ever hear about a strategy for mental health and how that then flows through to values. And I think that's got to become more pre prevalent within businesses if we are to be authentic about it and, and take it seriously. And, and also, not just in terms of the strategy, but also apply a cost to it because there's a cost mental health. If you think about it in terms of the service value chain, if you've got happy people, then you have happy customers, customers both internal and external. But quite often it's, it's great having these, you know, talks about mental health, but how, how, do, you, how do you put some real cost into the business so for example when you're doing resource planning you might have to factor in extra resource to have those real worthwhile conversations but there's a cost to that it might be a few extra fde um on your overheads but you know it will more than play off and i think it's you know this this line of sight from strategy to values um but then to to realizing it into you know pounds and pence and how you really support employees i think it's really important yeah, definitely. Sorry, Wendy, interrupting. Yeah, right? No, I can't remember what I was going to say, but I will come back to your point. The ROI <laughs> of supporting your, your colleagues and, and people who work with you is, you know, ridiculous. And you're going to be a good person. Mm. Just, I, I yeah. just do it. <laughs> and, and you're more likely to stay with that company, surely. Yeah. 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 Well, and then as me has done, say how amazing they are and come on podcasts. Yeah, and then yeah, and everyone's yeah. going to go and have a look at Consult Energy and Quirk Recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and just, just building on a couple of those points then. So, you know, it started to get boring with the metrics, but, you know, the only, the only metrics I ever hear that are possibly associated with mental health are sickness days. Does anybody, mm. does anybody, is anybody aware of it, you know, other businesses that are tracking metrics that are a bit more real than, than just sickness? That's really a really tough one. Um, I know that some companies are offering um, external support. So, you know, if you've got any problems or you need to talk to somebody, call this number. But it's really difficult to give actual metrics because obviously it's all done. Um, what's the word? <laughs> confidentially, yeah. It's all done confidentially. So you can't... 
I mean, you can say how many people I've spoken to and how many people I've directed to this service, mm. but you can't go into any much else. So it's actually really difficult to track. Mm. I, I think I think it's about is there, there's metrics and then there's what what the key indicators what 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 are indicators of you know poor mental health or uh, poor culture within that company so you know you have sick days but what does staff turnover look like um, for that company that's going to be really poor the other thing that that some really good companies needs um put a focus on is how many people are, aren't actually taking their holidays because that's really important as well because that that's what the kind of like thing that drives um burnout so i, I think there are definitely things that, that that you can track and keep an eye on um outside of things like um sickness days and and also I mean, I know you have employee engagement results. Sometimes they can be a bit wishy-washy, but I think you can sort of change some of the questions within employee engagement results to, to sort of be, to mirror or create a better diagnostic for, you know, how people are really feeling. Because I think some of the employee engagement results are are, are designed to, to make things look good rather than to, to capture really what's out there. And I think, you know, you, ne you need to reevaluate some of those e questionnaires, I think. Yeah, yeah. There was a, I agree. a, a pretty good post by Sarah Morgan on LinkedIn this week about this, uh, this term for metrics called the watermelon effect, where on the outside, the metrics look green, but on the inside, it's all red because you're just tracking the wrong metrics and you're just trying to front up the metrics that look like things are good. But the reality is they're, they're all red and it's, it's a bit of a dangerous sign. I think companies are a bit um, afraid to, um, how do I put this? They don't want to invest. They just want to slap a plaster on something, right? And they're like, oh, we did it, tick box done. They don't, they don't spend time with, okay, it's like, at consult our head of people she will sit take time go through um you know employee engagement surveys take the time to implement them that actually have outcomes actually you know uh, we have our mental health first aiders have a meeting like once a week or every other week or something um and that is time spent away from their uh, core function which is still has a monetary value for an hour-long meeting that's still an ROI on top of you know um mental health in a way because they're not doing their core function which means that's taking away from the business but yeah I, I love the watermelon effect analogy because it is very true in a lot of businesses where it's a it's a front like oh we're doing great things <laughs> not really yeah. And, and yeah, people are afraid to make mistakes, aren't they? And I've been—I've certainly been in lots yeah. of cultures where I'm afraid to make mistakes, and therefore, as, as an operational leader, I've chosen the metrics that, that look great um, because you know I want to—I want to avoid um, the, the wrath of the the sort of my my line manager or the culture that, that that's, that's created. Um, and you find yourself in, in in those situations. It's not what you want to do, but you you just find yourself in in, in that situation, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, this is this is where people don't want to hear bad news. And this is this is when we talk about authenticity. Is 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 actually being strong enough as a, a leader or a business to be able to, 
you know, take and listen to that to that feedback and do, do as Wendy said, do something about it rather than just, you know, collect it as a bit of a tick, tick box exercise and then just move on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to find, is another question just from thin air, how are you going to reach people who are, like I was, hiding it? I, I, I don't know if there was so if people were talking about mental health as much I don't know if I'd still say no I'm fine you know how do we do how do we get to those people mm. it's company culture yeah. you know it, it's down to having an open and honest like conversation but that's embedded into the culture of the business it's um you're not <sighs> going to be able to have conversations if you don't have the environment to do so mm. um going into a, a very corporate world and having to hide everything you're always going to remain suffering and that's not good for anyone because again it will impact roi and bosses get mad um <laughs> yeah w- without without open honest conversations you're not going to get to a point where people can talk about anything openly um so like it's not answering your question directly but in order to get to a point where we can reach people who are uh, a bit more reserved and or not open and the mm-hmm. only way we can get to them is by changing how you run your business because without just being like oh yeah we're having uh, you know conversations that's great but what's the outcome there's there's nothing being done um and i think that's where people like fall into the pit of oh yeah everything's great and then what minute happens they're like oh no things yeah. aren't great I think what Barry said about having to making sure that it's in your budget definitely needs to happen for all companies. 100%. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. To, your, to, 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 to the point, Wendy, though, uh, for, for me, and I don't know whether I've quite, quite captured the point correctly, but for me, there are certain people who we would struggle to have a conversation around mental health with no matter what infrastructure is yeah. is put in place um, and quite often you know I found that in in work the millennial generation I was talking about sometimes about medication and you know particularly with me I think I read um, you know, there's definitely a demographic, be it, uh, you know, a sex or an age thing where you can put every, you know, if you look about, if you look at um, how you improve your your conversations around mental health in the workplace, you would say, well, what, what are the barriers to success and start working on some of those in terms of infrastructure. But a lot of the times it just does come down to the person in terms of their background, their schooling, their family, and they they find it very, very difficult to talk about mental health. And I think it's, it's how do you, I haven't got an answer. How do you crack those nuts? Because realistically, they, th- those silent people are probably sometimes going to be the most pe- the people most at risk. Mm-hmm. And that's for me where the, the danger lies within the place. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I, I wonder, because um, for me, it's, you know, when you look at engagement of, of any sort, it's not having like a one route, not having a, not expecting to have a silver bullet and, and being able to provide people with multiple engagement points. 
Um, so whether it's having a telephone number you can ring or a, or a WhatsApp group or a, or whatever it might be, just just different ways in which people can engage. So some people might feel more comfortable, you know, chatting as an anonymous an anonymous person in a WhatsApp group, mm. <clears throat> or uh, ultimately, you know, how many organisations? I mean, Barry, we we know at Bristol Energy. But how many organisations at a senior level talk about their personal mental health? Yeah, uh, and and are yeah. open about it. Um, I've, I've heard of lots of organisations where, when it's mentioned, they'll say, "Oh, yeah, I've, I've suffered with anxiety as well, or I've suffered with BPD or or, or other other uh, mental challenges." But but it's kind of like, well, who's upfront about it at the at the, you know, enough to talk about it, enough to say. You know, associated with the brand, you know, I'm the CEO of this company. You know, here's all the successes, but do you know what? In the background, I've got all these fears. I've, I've got imposter syndrome. I suffer with anxiety. You know, these are the problems I've had in my life. So, so don't don't see me as this person that's been successful and I'm up on a pedestal, and you couldn't be like me. It, it, it's quite the opposite, and that's the reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just actually read an article about that on LinkedIn. Um, it took me two hours to write, so I posted it just before we came on here. Um, and it was, you know, trying to help people because I, you know, I've started my own business. I'm really, I'm, it's going really, really well. I never, ever, ever thought that I would be a success um, in all of my years. Um, so I shared my story, which I think really helps a lot of people. Um, I've shared my journey um, quite explicitly put a trigger warning at the top um but um yeah so I think you're right the more we talk about it especially the the people who have, have been have been at sorry been a success um it, it's definitely going to show that you can do it anyone can do it and and there's always light and there's always someone to talk to and I think coming back to the point of um those people find it being difficult to find at the most at risk ones as Barry said I think the <clears throat> these days you can tell when somebody is going through something can't you and it's actually asking them hey what's going on rather than them having to come to you but yeah I just wanted to make that point thanks mm. open honest conversations it's all we <laughs> need in life yeah. communication darling without <laughs> judgment Put I mean, your listening gears on. That's it. So easy, Done. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so just just come into the sort of the <clears throat> the last part of the, the podcast then. So last part of the podcast. just thinking from, from each of your perspective and, and maybe starting starting with you, Barry, what what what's the like the, the one or two things you think need to change um that would that would create more organizations like um, Bristol Energy, more organisations like uh, Consult Energy Recruitment. How do we how do we make make those the norms and the other companies becoming the the sorts of places people just don't want to work for? Yeah, so I I, I mean I think we've alluded to it to it well for me quite a lot through through the conversation, but really right at the top you need you know ownership, but also transparency. Um, um, around mental health and be you know be it that at board level I, I think having a board champion um, around it is important I think um, you know obviously uh, exec teams SLT however you want to call them I, I think that needs that that needs to change 
But I, I, I also think, so that's one part of it, put it in the structure, but I, I do think then there's, there's this piece around authenticity of people. And I think you can put all the tick boxes you want in place um, and um, for mental health, but you need people who care, who really are bothered about other people. Um, that needs to be core to management selection because we've all had a conversation with somebody where you've been sort of saying something that means something to you and they're giving you the thousand yard stare because they're thinking about, well, what's my next meeting or, you know, I've got important things to do. And I think, you know, we need to start employing, you know, people who do really care. Yes, you've got to be great technically, but, you know, you've got to be able to share that, you know, there's, you know, you value people outside of yourself and you value the worth of other people. And I think that's that's really hard to get to. But I think, you know, we need to understand how we put that in place. Cool. Thank you, Barry. Um, and, and Wendy, what, what do you think? What's the, what are the couple of things you think we should change? Um, the way we talk to people, the way that we... I'm taking recruitment as, as an example. The way lots of recruiters speak to candidates and ghost them and treat them as a commodity rather than as a person yeah. um so <clears throat> i think that needs to change certainly we need to respect each other without judgment um and just be there for each other and be kind i it's not difficult it's really not hard why is everybody not doing it yeah, I think you're spot on. And, and Mia, anything that hasn't been mentioned that you want to add? Um, I think there needs to be um, systems in place, like employee resource groups, etc. There needs to be um, some, like, not, not everywhere is consult. And I, I sometimes forget that because I know I can go to my director and say, girl, help, bad times. But not everybody can do that. Not everyone has the strength to go to a, you know, um, even a mental health first aider, because it's it's the first step to admitting something is wrong is admitting it to yourself, and it's not always as easy to do that. So employee resource groups are fantastic to have, just because, or even like a buddy system. Feel like, hey, this is your workplace buddy, and it just helps cement relationships, but also not being afraid to then escalate that and say, hey, I think this person's not having a good time right now. What can we do as a business? Mm -hmm. um, and not being afraid to have those conversations at any level. It doesn't matter if you're a director, board member, et cetera, or you know, the cleaner, who cares? If you're seeing someone who is in some form of disarray, approach them, have a conversation. We're all human beings. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, so um, listen, everyone, I just want to say thank you for everything you've added today. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I suppose overall, I feel I feel positive as to, to where uh, where things are going. Um, and I think there's so many, you know, great ideas out there. But but for me, I kind of simplify things down to, you know, if we if we're sharing our own experiences um, at a senior level and, and, and willing to be open with those experiences rather than uh, you know keeping the myth going that, that we're perfect individuals. I think that's a starting point. Um, and, and being able to care for, for, for people within our organizations because all the processes and everything else that comes around it starts, I guess, from, from all the great points 
that you've all made today. Um, and I'm, I'm really pleased that that you could all find the time to, to share that with um, with me today and with our with our podcast um, listeners. So thank you, everybody. Um, really grateful for your time and your expertise um, and your caring approaches to this really difficult topic at the moment. So um, thanks, everybody. Just a, a little a little point then. So um, you can subscribe and join us. And if you want to hear more, you can um, subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast from and you can stay up to date with us. Uh, by following us on LinkedIn. And of course, if you want to become a mentor um, or uh, have a mentor uh, by becoming a mentee, please go to our website, which is www.futureleadersmentoring.com. And there'll be a join us button on there. So um, that's us finished for this week. Um, Thanks everybody again for your time. um, And we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.